Welcome to Combat Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated to UFC, Bellator discussion, the MMA community, and combat sports in general. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and joining me this week is the man whose inner monologue is delayed by five minutes, KC <laughs> Onyebuchi. How is it that I read the intros and I'm still not prepared for that? I didn't even catch that till you said it. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> you know, I, I have a special surprise for you. Tomorrow, I am going to do a video of me making coffee at work. I hate you so much. <laughs> so you want to tell our listeners why I'm making coffee? All right. So the thing is, I have this this weird, irrational fear of being caught in public with uh, the knowledge that I don't know how to make coffee. So I get stressed out at work because I want coffee real bad, but I don't want to be the last person to drink the coffee because that person has to make the next pot. And I still don't know how. So I just pretend that I really enjoy tea because I don't want to make like make coffee. And it's, it's bit, like, I've been in corporate America for over 10 years at this point. You either do or don't know how to make coffee. So it's too late for me to learn. Well, it's, you know, I, I, I don't blame you because it is intimidating because the machine is not like your standard coffee machine. It's it's like this big industrial metal yeah. monster. And you've got this. What is it? A, a tanker <laughs> that you put underneath it and you like it. It is intimidating. And so I can say that there was a moment whenever I finished the coffee at work and I was like, I don't walk know away. how to do this. <laughs> and I was fortunate. I, walk away. <laughs> I was fortunate that I was trained by someone else in the office to do it. So I am going to make a video for you of me doing it so that you can can get that same benefit from me. But I or realized I'm just gonna have to date a barista. That's that's my next shot. Like So so what's gonna happen though? is that the machine that I'm going to video myself using is going to be vastly different. <laughs> That's the problem. Everyone kept posting on my Facebook like, oh, it's not that hard. It's like, oh, really? Because yours looks a lot easier than the one at my office. Like, I got to learn how to operate a freaking espresso machine. I don't understand this. Just, I just want coffee. Yeah, that's right. Put a Keurig you, machine in there. It only works. Coffee. It only works if you're wearing a green apron. <laughs> my goodness. Oh, well. So there's that. All right, so we got before we. I mean, we got a lot of stuff to cover because I was gone last week. I was so sick last week that I didn't even publish last week's episode that you and John so so nicely, grace, gratefully, nice. I don't know what to say, but you guys nicely. covered for me, nicely covered for me. I didn't even publish it, so I got to publish that. I got to publish the 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 hour that we did on UFC two thirty five with John uh, George yep. uh, Stallworth. I got so much work to do that we got like three episodes going to drop this week. Yeah, so we'll keep this one short and sweet to make it a little easier on your editing. Right, but there's one more thing we got to talk about. My hairline? No, we got to talk about you getting dropped by Chris Camozzi. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> I tried to put that out of my memory. Yeah, that happened. So, 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 you know, it was what, Saturday? This this past Saturday, we, we I'm sitting there at home and I get this text message. I just sparred with Chris Camozzi before his next fight, and it was painful. <laughs> so you got to tell yeah. me, man, what was it like fighting a true UFC fighter? Well, it's crazy because so uh, as I like to name drop every week, I fight out of Factory X, and I mean it's just world class talent in there, and and they're just really good guys. And, and most of the time I'm in there with another amateur like myself, 
But every now and again, I'll get in there with a kickboxing champion or a true UFC vet like Chris Camozzi. Uh, and I've got some Roy Nelson habits, right? Like, so my thing is when we get in there sparring, I'm, I don't have cardio at all. I like to blame the altitude, but I've lived here for too long to do that. And so I just get into this habit of just like just staying on center line and throwing bombs. Well, when you get a guy like Chris Camozzi, who is a veteran and just as big, if not bigger than me, it, it did not end well for me at all. The man toyed with me for the entire round and just whipped me left and right. It's, so I decided I was just going to take this tactic of I'm just going to leg kick him to death. And then he could it was, it was as though he read my mind and he countered the kick before I even got it off the ground. Like, I hate my life. Oh, wow. So apparently there's no crying in Muay Thai, but I'm changing that rule. I <laughs> 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 just want to curl up and be like, this is not the path in my life I should be taking. All right. Well, it was a shocker on Saturday night from Wichita, Kansas, as Derek the Black Beast Lewis sought to spoil the ascension of Junior Dos Santos to the heavyweight top five. Some of our show favorites, like Benil Dariush and Nico Price, were on uh, in action, and two rising welterweights in Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos and Curtis Melinder wanted to see who was going to get a shot at the top ten fighter. But before we go through all of that, let's get into the official decision. The official decision. This is the official decision. This is where we look at the fights from this past weekend. That was UFC on ESPN plus, what was it, four? Uh, from Wichita, Lewis versus Dos Santos in the Intrust Bank Arena in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, there were five fights on the card. Benil Dariush defeated Drew Dober via... Absolute favorite. Huh? Your absolute favorite, Benil Dariush. I, I love Benil Dariush. I just, Benil Dariush walks out to trash music. That's all I got to say. I vehemently disagree. I, I like that. We were supposed to look up what, what he walked out to this past uh, week. But, oh, you know, in the past, he walked out to Michael Jackson Walk With You. But in the wake of leaving Neverland, he's had to change his walkout music. No, I mean, he changed it before that. I think at one time he did like Hill Song in there. Yeah, it was yeah. Uh, Broken Vessels. Ah, <laughs> that's my dude. And I like that he's like, look. I'm not going to compromise myself and do all this trash talk just just for a title shot. I want I want to let my fighting show it. And in the way he had that armbar on Drew Dober, his fighting has shown that this dude is is not something to be overlooked. Well, you know, and that was the thing. He talked about the fact that you know he tried to fight and 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 box with with Drew Dober, and it just wasn't working. So he had to a try. He had to try uh, you know something else. So. Um submission worked well for him indeed it did in the next fight uh blagoy ivanov defeated ben rothwell via unanimous decision this was a highway robbery if you go and just look at blagoy <laughs> ivanov versus what ben rothwell looked like at the end of the fight one of them looked like they had gotten into a car accident and didn't wear a seatbelt, and the other one looked like ben rothwell <laughs> well, I've learned more and more that some of that is just because fighters' faces swell differently. Like you can't necessarily look 
at the results and, and base it on how the other fighter looks. Well, I, perhaps not, but the, scar the, tissue. Come on. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, still, the the fight was very yeah. close. I would have given the fight to Ben Rothwell, but you know, you can't. I would have ruled it a no contest because there was a lot of starting and stopping in that last round. Like it was just, a heavyweight just fight. fight. It was a heavyweight <laughs> fight. Heavyweight <laughs> fight should be two rounds anyway. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's crazy, but it makes sense because these guys have no tank. <laughs> There's no tank. So I can relate. That's why I'm never dropping down to light heavyweight. So the next fight um, was nasty. Nasty. Nico Price defeated Tim Means via TKO strikes at 450 of round one, but he did more damage than just punched him in the face. I liked it. This was a really good slugfest in there. There was there was some good fight uh, fighting going on in that. All right. So while while we were while we were talking, I decided to look up Benil Dariush and what he walked out to um, in Wichita, and he walked out to "Still Rolling Stones" by Lauren Daigle. Oh, I love Lauren Daigle. Oh, we talked about this. Before. I think I think this has become his new song because he. he I remember us go, talking about Lauren Daigle after the Broken yeah. Vessels, so I think this is he's he started to solidify on this now. Yeah, I remember saying that her new album is Fire, which I'm going to walk back a little bit. It's all right. It's solid. Okay. My point is, it's still garbage <laughs> for a walkout song. Her, 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 her album could be great. It could be nice, easy listening. You can drive to work to it. You can worship the Lord in it. I don't care. You don't walk out to the ring to beat somebody up and grab their arm and submit them listening to it. Drew Dober, on the other hand, walked out to Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. How'd that work out for him? It did not work out very well, but I respect <laughs> I respect his musical choice. I was like, all right, you win the fan vote, but uh, you got rocked. <laughs> you win the fan vote, but we vote by Electoral College. <laughs> so Tim Means got defeated by TKO, but went down on his leg and broke his tibia and ankle and it was it was gross i mean you 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 can go out there search for nico price versus tim means broken ankle and you see the separation it is it is grotesque i can't look at it stomach hurts as you're describing this i I can't i can't look at it You know, yeah. this was like when 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 uh, Anderson Silva broke his leg. <clears throat> like I could look at it the very first time, <laughs> and that's it. That's it. Yeah, I still can't watch that clip. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. But that's insult to injury. Like imagine getting TKO'd and then breaking something. Like oh, no, yeah. no, <laughs> he wasn't ready. In the, in the co-main event, Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos defeated Curtis Melinda via submission, rear naked choke in round one. Um, this was one of those. This reminded me of Damian Maya so much, where it was a, you have a pure striker going up mm-hmm. against uh, a, an elite Brazilian jiu-jitsu specialist, and they just walk over, they grab you, they take you down, and then they do the anaconda thing. Next thing you know, they're on their on your back, and then they're choking you. And he was doing palm-to-palm, rear-naked choke. It was a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I like those matchups 
but when you don't know how to defend jujitsu at all, it's it gets boring real quick. Like, congratulations, you're good at jujitsu, but can you show us some other skills real quick? Hey man, go with what works. I mean, if you know jujitsu I mean, yeah, at, at an elite that. level, that makes you the most dangerous welterweight no, in the world. Whoa. Don't 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 do it. I done did it. <laughs> you know, I was setting up for that, right? I was like, I'm I didn't all catch it till it's too late. I was like, oh, I hate you. <laughs> for those who don't know. Ryan is the worst at determining who is the most dangerous fighter ever. Well, yeah, because, you know, you said that I was wrong, that clearly Tyron Woodley was the most dangerous welterweight, and we saw how that worked out. Wait, hold on. You can't do that. Like, years later, you can't say, oh, well, he lost after seven fights, so clearly he's no longer the the baddest. Uh, He's no longer the baddest. I mean, this I is a, this is a callback like, okay, to last cool. week. This is a callback to last week. But man, I never got to weigh in on it. Kamaru Usman, I, I've been saying his name wrong for 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 many 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 moons. Kamaru Usman whooped, whooped Tyron Woodley. I I can't argue with that. It's it's tough for me because I am a big fan of both fighters, and mm-hmm. I, I'm not a bandwagon Woodley guy. Uh, I, I've liked him from way back when, just because of his background wrestling yeah. at Missouri. I vouch for that. Um, so, like, I, I I still think he's one of the baddest to ever do it. Uh, never got his due, but Kamaru, man, it's clearly his time. Yeah, and and I don't think we saw the same version of Woodley that we would normally see. Uh, and I mean, it's all in, in last week's episode, but uh, it's clearly Kamaru's time. The yeah. dude is next level. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, you, you're going to get to hear me talk about how Tyron Woodley was head and shoulders better than, uh, Kamaru Usman in the recording that I did with George. But after the fact, I couldn't say anything other than the fact that this was something that Kamaru Usman fought and fought for and and i know that this is kind of he's a fighter of course he fought for no but he never got the respect he never got the fights he wanted he always had to fight a guy lower than him which really never did him any favors and when you find the rankings yeah yeah and when you finally he finally got a shot he made good on it and when he was the underdog coming into this fight of against tyrone woodley he put on a show and I I can't, you know, what can you say there? It's like, hell, now we know when you get 100% Kamaru Usman, that kind of stuff happens. You still don't know if it was a hundred percent. Maybe there's more in there. Dude, man, if that wasn't a (laughs) hundred percent, that's That's just him at 50%. Wow. The man's the true Nigerian nightmare. I think Christian Okoye has officially bequeathed that name to Kamaru. No, well, you know what? I, I got nothing else to say, but welcome to the what? What? Welcome, champ. <laughs> welcome, Rumble, young man, Rumble. All right, in the main event of the evening, Junior Dos Santos defeated the Black Beast Derek Lewis via TKO at one fifty eight in round two. Man, I love this fight. It was great. I love everything about it. This is, to me, what a heavyweight fight should be. Two people putting it all out on the line and it not going the distance. A um, lot of talk as to whether Derek Lewis was trying to pull a rope-a-dope on the injury when he's he's firing some big shots after 
uh, he appears to be hurt. Well, yeah, let's but, let, let's kind of set that up though, because yeah. you know they're they're sitting there they're fighting, and and Junior Dos Santos does a spinning back kick, lands it beautifully right in the right under the sternum of of the Black Beast, uh, Derek Lewis, and and you see Derek Lewis like grab his rib or grab him, you know, where the the strike landed, and he goes he bends over like he's in pain, and. Junior Dos Santos responds to that as every fighter would, right. and right as he's getting ready to come in and finish Derek Lewis, Derek throws this vicious uppercut that would have put anyone out if it connected. Right. So, so I mean, it came out from out of nowhere. I mean, I wish I had the still had the clip of the the guy from uh, Overwatch going rising uppercut because that was the kind of thing it was, man. It was like Sharukin, but um. He missed it, and you know, Lewis kept holding his 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 stomach, his his chest or whatever where the strike landed. But mm-hmm. you never knew if he was really hurt or if he was goading Dos Santos in to throw another bomb. Didn't matter it's though. It's hard to tell just because of the ferocity in which Lewis is throwing it. This is like a caged animal trying to get free. Like he yes. wanted to let the beast loose. Yes, but just could not move. Right, so they, he makes makes it into the into the second round, and I don't know if he's gassed or if he's hurt. I, I didn't get to hear the audio of the of his corner. Maybe he gave yeah. them some type of indication as to whether or not he had a broken rib or something like that. But um, it didn't take long for Junior Dos Santos to go in for the kill, land some big punches, and then finished off with strikes, and the rest was history. Indeed, good fight though. Love it was it. a great fight, and once again, it's a heavyweight fight that went two rounds as all heavyweight fights should. Yep. And this made me remember why I liked Junior Dos Santos. I don't know if you remember in the early days of the show, you know, I would talk about Demetrius Johnson was my number one, Junior Dos Santos was my number two. And after Junior Dos Santos kind of fell off, he got beat a couple of times and he got, you know, uh, not really suspended, but they, they kept him from fighting because they were investigating, you know. Uh, His alleged. Alleged PED. <laughs> Um, use and they find out that it was you know a false positive and um, and and so he's kind of fallen off for me but him coming back winning this fight getting on the mic and just being the jolly big guy that he is reminded me how much I like him so you know Tony Ferguson better watch out because JDS is back and I like that guy guess who's back all right back again the end jd's back tell a friend jd's back jd's back jd's back jd's back (laughs) we just did that we did that (laughs) all right so let's go ahead and close the book on this one put it back on the shelf because this card is history let's go into our next segment which is finding the angles Finding the Angles. This is Finding the Angles. This is where we look at the headlines that are making waves in the MMA world. There is really only one headline that's making waves, and it's a tidal (laughs) wave. And that is Casey's favorite fighter, the notorious Conor McGregor. Nope. nope, Got arrested in Miami. Got arrested in Miami for breaking a fan's phone. Basically, um, what I'm reading is that Conor McGregor um, 
reached like he was going to shake the guy's hand, knocked the guy's phone onto the ground, and then stomped it and crushed it. And he is now arrested. Yeah, there's a couple different conflicting reports as to like Connor telling this guy to put his phone away first and all of this greatness. But for a guy who's built his whole career on trash talking and being a man of the people simultaneously, you just got to be prepared for stuff like this. And the reality is, why have an entourage, a security team, if they can't handle stuff like this for you? The, the guy's dumb. And for <clears throat> the thing that gets mo- gets me most on this is how many people have called other thugs and all this other stuff, and yet we continue to give Connor a pass as if uh, as if he can do no wrong. At a certain point, he's just got to grow up. And yeah. this can't be a surprise to him. He's Connor McGregor. He's the biggest combat sports athlete that there is people are gonna recognize him he he has no more anonymity you gotta learn how to handle these things better like i don't feel bad for him even a little bit yeah i mean i i don't i i don't either i this is one of those things where I agree with you. You're Conor McGregor. This is the type, This is what comes with the stardom. This is what comes with being, you know, if you don't want to have to deal with fans, then don't be seen in public. Yeah. Do, do everything VIP, everything private, and never be seen in public. Otherwise, understand that you're going to have fans that are going to want to take pictures and things like that. If the fan is being obnoxious and you've, you know, you've been cordial and the guy is still being a jerk, that's why you have the freaking 42 people you brought with you to, you know, to Brooklyn, you keep those guys around. So they're the ones who get the bail those guys out. Yep. You got to keep your nose clean. If you're the boss, you can't be the boss and the goon. The, The thing that kills me here is it's hurting his, his, his future fight prospects at this point. Like, is it, if he still had that? Well, I, I think that he, he's losing his star power. Is like, he? You can still pull these antics if you're the man who's winning and you're untouchable and you got God status. Like he, He's got to string together some wins to earn that back. And I, I think he might slowly start to lose his fan base. Like he, See, He's becoming a John Jones here. I like, disagree. He got too successful too fast. I disagree. The, the thing is, Fair? is that he's got nothing to lose. He's suspended for six, what is it, six months? So he can't fight anyway. So what difference does it make? And, 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 and him breaking a fan's phone, it's not like he can't repay the, the fan's phone with three phones. So, I mean, he it's, should have taken care of that, though, because it's, the it's cost a of phones these days makes it a felony. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that's fair. But, you know, the, the thing is, is he's got the money to replace the phone. Um, it keeps him in the headlines. And his fans are like, you know, his fans. He let me just say it like this. Just so we can we can we can be clear, Conor McGregor could shoot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue and he wouldn't lose a fan. If you know what I mean, uh, that's apropos in a way that I just don't love. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. My uh, listen, it's our so fans real. know what I mean. Yeah, it's real, and to a certain extent, like yeah, capitalize on it. But you're gonna lose your money. It's costing you way too it's much. It's gonna cost you more. It's going to yeah. cost him. The, the thing is, is that this is this is just a blip, but it's going to escalate. You know, those types of things that we saw him do in in Brooklyn, they're going to keep happening and something's going to catch up with him. It always does. And if it doesn't, then he's a lucky man. 
But the fact is, is that it's always going to catch up to those guys that think they're untouchable. And so we just have to sit and wait and say, oh, you might have gotten away again this time, Mr. McGregor, but it's coming to get you. The what is it? The the hens are coming home to roost or the chickens yep. are coming home to roost or whatever. It's going to happen. And if Conor McGregor doesn't change his perspective, it is going to continue to follow him. It's going to continue to plague him until his career cannot sustain it. So we just have to sit and wait. The the problem, though, is he, he is at that financial status where he's going to hire uh, a big shot lawyer who will take care of it. They'll plead to a lesser charge. Um, they'll settle um, the civil case outside, and we just kind of keep moving on. He He's at that status where he really – the judicial system works differently for him, and I'm not mad at that because one day I want to be that rich. All right. <laughs> so let, let, let's talk about another fighter, Paulo Costa versus Yoel Romero. This was going to be one of those clash of the titans. You have two basically chiseled, strong – Man. Man. Yeah, but. Who were supposed yeah. <laughs> to battle in the center of the octagon. And then the fight got called off. And we don't know why. Yoel Romero says he knows why. So let's 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 go to the to the just the context. So UFC was supposed to book Yoel Romero versus Paulo Costa, um, but Yoel Romero was already booked to be on a reality show. So when he got voted off of that lately, when he got voted off the reality show, the expectation was they were going to instantly book that fight. But instead, they booked uh, Jacare Souza. And so people were like, well, what happened to Paulo Costa? And so Yoel Romero's like, well, I think he got popped by USADA for PEDs. Now, Paulo Costa and his camp are like, nope, that's not what happened. But they're not telling us why he's not in that fight with Yoel Romero. That's it's tricky because Yoel picked something that is so believable that a lot of people have been saying forever that true or not, that's just still going to stick. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Paulo Costa, I mean, he's he's got muscles chiseled from marble. Yeah. He's got (laughs) muscles for days. I mean, he basically is a Brazilian version of my body. But um <laughs> if it man know. i wish we were doing video today <laughs> <laughs> you know and 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 so yeah i mean when you look at it you're like yeah that guy does peds he's got to 100 percent. but if he's clean he's clean uh, it's just that we need an explanation why aren't you fighting yoel romero i mean i i know why i wouldn't fight yoel romero it's it's really strange because He's been incredibly active on social media over the last several months. Trying to pick that so fight, him, you know? Yeah, well, for him to not address this, even though he's been public about everything else, uh, even his refuting similar claims for the last year and a half, why not Why not just shut this down immediately? It's, it's, it's a little bit worrisome, but at the same time, I feel like when others have popped on USADA, that's we all hear about it immediately. It doesn't come from your scheduled opponent. Yeah, but yeah, and and the, and the other thing is, is that USADA now has this 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 um this process where if you pop, they don't announce it until you uh, until they're able to validate with uh, other samples and and other things like that. So just in case there's a false positive, they're not they're not ruining 
a, a the fighter. JDS rule. Yeah, the it's rule. kind of the JDS rule, or or the or the war chief uh, Barnett. You know, those ah. guys had their careers ruined, or at least tarnished, when they weren't actually um, caught using a, a a a you know PED. Unlike other fighters who continue to pulse and carry metabolites, um, <laughs> allegedly, no, it's metabolites are there. But we we look. Listen, I, I digress. refuse to believe it. I digress. John Jones could shoot, stand out in the middle of the Fifth street, Avenue. <laughs> shoot somebody, and I'd still be like, "Oh no, man! Oh no!" <laughs> All right, Mickey Gale. So, so Mickey Gall, sorry, Mickey Gall. Um, so we talked, well, y'all talked about this in the previous episode that Mickey Gall got hammered by, um, by Diego Sanchez. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. The, the thing was, was that that was an unlikely outcome because Mickey Gall is younger. He's twice Diego Sanchez's size. Um, and he's an up and coming fighter that, that has really seen a lot of success, but he gets hammered by Diego Sanchez, and people are like wondering why. Well, Mickey Gall provided the, uh, the 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 reason why. He was talking to Luke Thomas on the MMA Hour, and he said that my kidneys were failing before the fight. I didn't really know. I could feel. I guess looking back, you could tell a couple of warning signs, like something was going on. But I didn't go into the fight thinking, "F it, whatever. It's just kidneys." But then yeah. when I got into the fight, I was zapped right away. I was zapped. I rewatched the fight. I'm like slow motion. I remember struggling for balance, trying to stay on my feet. It was crazy. KC, when is the insanity about m- massive weight cuts going to stop? It is crazy. Um, there was another promotion the same week that had a fighter have to go to the hospital and almost died, was on life support for weight cut. And even with all the th- changes that UFC is trying to make with changing the weigh-in times and all that, fighters still aren't being safe in how they're cutting weight. And I, I don't know that there's an answer to it because cutting weight is a legitimate strategy that people aren't going to stop doing. And it seems like no matter what rule you put in place, there's always going to be – there's danger associated with it. Yeah, you know um- – that's the thing. I mean, part of the heritage of mixed martial arts comes from the wrestling um, di- um, discipline, and and that's how, what you do. You cut weight, you weigh in at a light weight, and then you you know bulk back up and and hammer everybody in that weight class. Um, and it's it's a great strategy, and it gives you a competitive advantage. But at what cost? And and that's the thing is that we have to find a way to make sure that fighters aren't pushing their bodies to limits where they're going to be on life support or potentially die. And and the fact is, is that the only way that you can do it is, in, in my opinion, is doing what they did for the powerlifting that you were telling me about, where you weigh out. Yeah. Uh, I hate it, though, because, I mean, I've competed where you do the weigh outs and it's... Uh... I mean, it, it keeps you honest. It 100% keeps you honest, but you do lose a bit of that competitive edge because of how you have to truly manage your weight and you can't have that last-minute weight loss. Right. But that but that keeps the fighters healthy. And, and yeah. you know, if, if we're going to be truly hashtag protect the fighters, it starts with the weight cut. Um, 
if you're not going to be competitive at the weight that you're supposed to be, then guess what? This is not the career for you. If you're only competitive, if you're going to cut weight and fight little boys, then, you know, I got a problem with that. Fight at the yeah, weight you're supposed to fight Yeah, but it would cause at. so much chaos if they changed that rule. It, it would just uh, for the UFC to be the biggest promotion in MMA to to change that and do a a way out. Like yes, it'd be so much healthier for the fighters, but you're also looking at like you said, the heritage comes from wrestling. Like the these fighters would have to move up at a weight class that they're just not prepared for. Yeah, I don't. Like, think I don't the, think most of these guys could actually stay in the same weight class. I, I don't think the UFC could unilaterally. unilaterally enforce that it would have to be something at a regulatory level so all of the state athletic commissions would have to get together and say this is how we're going to manage weight cuts moving forward it it can't be the ufc because ufc will just chase off all their fighters so it has to be something that's outside of their control which means nevada california New York, you know, some of these other state athletic commissions need to really create a coalition that addresses this problem um, so that fighters can, you know, be healthy, weigh the weight that they need to weigh. And then what we can see is normalization in the weight classes so that a Darren Till ends up fighting at 185 or, or, or 205 instead of 170. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we, we, we start seeing that, okay, so perhaps – you know, someone like Conor McGregor really needs to be fighting at 170 and not 155 or even 145 like he did before. And so what ends up happening is you get you, you get good fights, but it's fights with people who are right size for their body. Yeah. Plus, I think you come in there less depleted and your training camp focuses more on your skill versus making weight. Right. So we could see a lot better fights because you're not having depleted fighters uh, on Saturday night. All right. And speaking of Saturday night, let's get into the fight card. The fight card. It, this is the fight card. This is what we look forward to the fights that are coming up this weekend. It seems that the UFC on ESPN, the hits don't stop. They have a fight every weekend. This weekend, UFC on ESPN plus Darren Till versus Jorge Masvidal in the O2 Arena in London, the United Kingdom, Saturday, March 16th. We're going to talk about four of the fights on the card. The first fight of the night is Nathaniel Wood versus Jose Quinones. Vulcan Ozdemir is back versus Dominic Reyes. That's going to be a brawl. Yeah, looking forward to that one. <laughs> I like this one because it makes up for the previous one where it's like, who? Yeah, Dominic Reyes <laughs> is 9-0 and uh, going on against Vulcan Ozdemir, who, who recently fought for the um, who fought for the light heavyweight uh, championship versus Daniel Cormier. And then he got— He kind of fought. <laughs> he, then he got beat by some Factory X guy. Cousin Anthony. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak too highly on that because later. Oh, and I'm also gonna bring up another fighter out of Factory X. Oh man, okay. <laughs> See, I'll let you. You can bring up Anthony Smith because tremendous respect for that dude. Plus, he's my cousin. Who's got? Oh well, and he's got another fight scheduled. Yes, yes, we have to talk about that. 
You want to go ahead and announce that? Um, he is fighting Gustafson. Alexander and, Gustafson. Uh, where are they fighting? They're fighting in Gustafson's hood, right? Yeah, which is Sweden. Nailed it. So you Stop definitely him. should have let me announce this one because I've, I've nailed all the facts so far. Yeah, you got it. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, Vulcan Ozeman versus Dominic Reyes. This is going to be a great it's fight. Be solid. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll flash fight pick that one. Leon Edwards versus Gunner Gunny Nelson. This is uh, Gunnar Nelson's out of the Conor McGregor's camp. Um, Leon Edwards is chasing Darren Till, who's in the main event. I I, I think this is also going to be a great fight. Let's flash pick that one. And then Darren Wait, Till. isn't Gunny fighting uh, less out of Conor's camp these days and more back in Iceland? Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he is fighting more back in Iceland, but he is still associated with Conor's camp. Yeah. Um, but Conor, because Conor is, you know, way busy creating havoc you know it's not i don't i don't strike me as it's not ideal that's gunny's scene (laughs) yeah um darren till in the main event at home not really at home because he's from like uh liverpool but uh darren till fighting in the uk versus jorge masvidal this is actually going to be a a a great fight as well both of these guys are are elite strikers um this is the yeah, fight that Darren Till wanted. Look like Jorge's dad. <laughs> like, yeah, just so much bigger than Masvidal. Yeah, to our, to our point previously, but I, but I think now I think this fight is happening at, at middleweight. It's not happening at welterweight. Ah, interesting. Very good. Yeah. So um, so I I think that that's going to be better. But yeah, um, I'm just waiting till till leaves up uh, lives up to his hype. Um. <laughs> Nothing. No, Just, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I was I was wrong. I, I see what you did there. I was wrong. This is actually happening at welterweight. There was talk about Darren Till moving up to to middleweight, mm-hmm. but uh, this is actually happening at welterweight. So, um, I, I'm excited about this fight because it's it's such a, a a good competitive fight, and you've got Leon Edwards who really wants to fight Darren Till. Both of these guys are from the UK. Leon Edwards feels like Darren Till has gotten too much of the press, and Leon is kind of like the redheaded stepchild, even though he's oh, yeah. a black dude. And um, <laughs> hey, black guys can be red-haired. They can. It's just rare. And uh, and and so Darren uh, Leon Edwards wants to fight Darren Till, but you know who else wants to fight Darren Till? Everybody. But you know who else really wants to fight Darren Till? Nope. Funky Brent Ben Askren. Really? He wants that fight. He wants the winner of this fight. So we'll see what happens. But uh, let's do some flash fight picks. Vulcan Ozdemir versus Dominic Reyes. Who you got? Uh, shoot. I got to go Vulcan here. All right. I am going to go with Dominic Reyes. I think he's going to keep that 9-0 intact and go up to 10-0 versus Vulcan, Vulcan Ozdemir. And I think this may be 3-0 for, for Vulcan. Leon Edwards versus Gunny Nelson. Ooh, ooh! I'm going Leon here. That's a good call. I, I, I'm going Leon too. Um, but you know, it's that it's that karate back and forth style that 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 Connor and and Gunnar Nelson employed that makes this an interesting fight. So, Gunnar Nelson might be able to make this happen. He's got great jujitsu as well. Um, so I, I could see a potential submission, but I, I think Leon Edwards is going to keep this one going. And in the main event, Darren Till versus Jorge Masvidal. Who you got? Oh, I hate to say it, but I, I think Till wins this one. He's just he's just too big of a guy. 
Yeah, I, I think I think that the uh, th- there's a there's only a few people who's going to give Darren Till trouble at 170, and it's not Jorge Masvidal. So I got I got Darren Till in this as well, and that's our show. So follow us on social media on Instagram. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I am at push pull pray. Yes, you are. Turn me off. You started with Insta first. Well, because you know, Twitter is not so much anymore. I mean, I yeah. still do Twitter at CST Ryan, but you know, more so now it's all about the Instagram. So I'm at Combat Sports Talk, and John, uh, when he's here, is at Keys to Victory with the ES on Keys. Um, but we got to get him actually posting stuff on Instagram. And yes, I am calling <laughs> you out, John. Um, yeah, so you guys can see pictures of me getting beat up at uh, Factory X as well. So okay. always, always good to see that on my Insta. Yes, that's what you need to do when you're sparring someone like, you know, like 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 we might know. What you have to do is you post it, but then record it, and then only post it after he's fought, so that you don't give it anybody <laughs> any kind of uh, you know yeah. weaknesses that Chris Camozzi might have had. Uh, he's got no weaknesses. <laughs> at least you speaking of no any. weaknesses, real quick. Ian Henchman is uh, going to be on that UFC London card, uh, and the dude is moving up the ranks pretty quick there. So that's going to be an interesting one to watch. All right. So um, you can find us on all of your podcast, favorite podcast platforms. Our favorite is Spotify, but you can also find us on Anchor.fm, um, iTunes, SoundCloud, the whole works. Um, we've got merchandise on Amazon. Um, I actually need to buy some new shirts and, um, you can, you can find that on our, on our website, combatsportstalk.com. Just click the merchandise link and we've added a section for live new events. We've got UFC 235 that I have to publish tonight. So go out and look at it tomorrow. Nice. You ready? Let's do this. Let's do this. Our theme music is composed by Scott McCurry at scottdeancountry.com and Casey Onyebuchi produced our lead-in. So I want to thank you for joining us for another edition of Combat Sports Talk. For Casey Onyebuchi, I'm Ryan Smith reminding you to keep your hands up, your chin tucked, and throw bombs. <laughs>